Bobby, I'm pretty excited about uh, this new year. Yeah, it's been a great start already. It's hard to believe. Can you believe it's 2020 already? It's crazy. Any of y'all still have a little holiday hangover going on? Yes. Anybody? Yeah? Still getting around it? Well, uh, man, we're excited about this year, but man, we want to celebrate just like Pastor Mal talked about a few minutes ago. We've seen God do amazing, amazing things. Yeah. In fact, if you weren't here last week, we celebrated over 100 people baptized in Woo. 2019, which we think is incredible. That's crazy. And we've been, done more ministry and more mission than I think we've ever done. Yeah, this no church doubt. has a rich history. If you're new around here, this church has a lot of deep roots in this community. It's done a lot. But, man, we feel like 2019, based on everything we've seen, has been the greatest ministry yet. Yeah, no doubt. I have never seen, I've never seen a year in the life of a church where just pick anything, mm-hmm. and it was like the Lord overwhelmingly blessed it. I, here's one tiny part of that that I thought was absolutely fascinating. So in the last two months of 2018, uh, y'all were so generous. You you gave to the ministry uh, and and mission of this church in the last two months of 2018, $637,000. That blows my mind. And so we came into the the last two months of 2019 Mm -hmm thinking, man, if we could just come close to that, that would be overwhelmingly cool. And in the last two months in 2019, you guys gave almost a million dollars in the last eight Isn't months. That amazing? That's huge. That is crazy. Yeah. What that tells me is we can do it again in January. <laughs> Somebody out there is like, I bet he's going to go there. And? <laughs> yeah. You did and it. I did it. Yes, I did. Now, yep. what's amazing, though, is we know there's a lot of places that people give. There's a lot of incredible nonprofits, and yeah. there's a lot of opportunities around us. But we personally believe, not just because we're pastors, but we're, as believers, we really believe the mission that God's given the church is the most important mission yeah. on the planet. And so when you give and partner, we're able to do even more yeah. together. So we're super grateful. One of the things we're excited about, and we'll celebrate more over the next couple of weeks, but one of the things we're excited about in 2020 is this idea of what we're calling your best year. Yeah. When you get to the month of January, everybody starts thinking about resolutions and what's going to be different and all of this kind of stuff. But one of the things we believe is that God has a lot to say about that. Yeah. That God himself doesn't look down at us and say, well, you're going to mess up again. You're not going to accomplish it again. But when God looks down, he gives us through his word and through the habits of the church from really meaningful ways to build the healthiest us we could ever be. And so we really believe this could be your best year. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to call this teaching that we do on Sunday mornings is really practical teaching to say, what would that best year look like? How would you do that? What, what does scripture say about it? How do you build in habits? And that's one of the reasons why we created the 21 days of power uh, booklet. It's just a prayer guide to say over these 21 days from now until January 25th, what would happen if every single day we, do- we dove into these elements that are so, so powerful that could help us shape into who God wants us to be? I find that people, when, when you introduce things like uh, prayer, fasting, or, or maybe even a guide like that, the first thought I think a lot of us have is, Chuck, there's no more room in my life to add something else to it. And so uh, one of the great things about a new year is that an opportunity to uh, reset, as Bobby preached about last week, the way we see our walk with God and its importance in our everyday lives. And so when you take on something like this 21 days of power, what we're really saying is, okay, this is just an intentional effort 
to say, Let, let's make sure that I, I save eight or 10 minutes in there for the Lord. Now, if you think about it, there are some of you that are going to go here and you're going to pray for an hour. And I think that's awesome. You know, I'm not one of you, but I think that's awesome. You know, uh, I'm one of those people that when I close my eyes, my mind goes, so I have to pray open eyed. And, uh, but for me, I'll use this this morning. I started mine. Did you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I spent, I spent about 20 minutes with the Lord this morning, just most of it wanting to hear from him. Yeah. You know, I, I want to hear from God. We're inviting you into these 21 days of prayer and fasting, not because uh, we have weight loss goals for the year. Although if you happen to benefit from that, just bless the Lord, right? But, but that's not the goal. I mean, that's, that's not the goal. I mean, to try and take a look at how do I start either today or most of it tomorrow morning, how would I start remaining in a spirit of prayer, which is basically I start my day off, I hit the green button on my hotline to heaven, and I don't hit the red button until I go to sleep, where I have this constant uh, conversation with the Lord about big things, little things, everything. I, I'm guilty of talking to the Lord out loud all day long. And the great news is somehow supernaturally he hears all of that. Last week, Bobby gave us a, a matter of fact, I brought my mustard seed today. Awesome. Uh, Bobby gave there us a great There happens to be a few start. thousand still on the stage. I know. I don't know how they cleaned up all those mustard seeds last week. But I brought mine. Yeah. And uh, I loved how your teaching out of the book of Matthew gave us a picture of how Jesus' disciples couldn't heal someone and they were frustrated by it. Yep. And so their question is, Jesus, how come this didn't work for us? Yep. And his response is, you just don't have enough faith. And you don't have enough faith, so you got to grow your faith. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says growing faith doesn't mean that, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to stand on the corner down here outside of the E-Center in Sugar Hill screaming at people. He said that you needed it this, at least the size of a mustard seed. Yep. I mean, that's smaller, way smaller than a BB. Yep. And that's what he needed. And so I, I want to invite you into this. Uh, but you, you spoke about that, I thought, so powerfully mm-hmm. last week that I applied that teaching every day yeah. since last Sunday. You know what I've discovered? Growing in my faith only requires one thing. Mm-hmm. I seek it. That's what it requires, that I seek wisdom. I seek that, that yeah. kind of, of relationship with the Lord. I've probably been living with that passage since, I think, late August. I've I've read it before where Jesus talks about you perverse or twisted generation, but I never really thought about it. I never, it's one of those passages I'd read and just sort of move on. And then back in August, I was at this roundtable discussion where somebody brought it up and they're like, this is Jesus saying, you're too close to the world and you're too far from God. And that just was a light switch for me to say, man, I see that in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew's one of those passages that talk about it. But honestly, throughout Scripture, there are so many places in Scripture that help us disconnect from the world and reconnect with God. And one of those places is in the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Yeah. And so what I love about the book of Proverbs, again, there's wisdom throughout in the entire uh, pages of Scripture But there's something about this little book in the Old Testament called Proverbs that distills down to some very powerful images. Here's what it looks like to live this life out. For too often, I think I was guilty of just thinking about, well, one day when I get to heaven, everything's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that mentality, but the, it's, you know, life on earth is always going to be tough. One day you're going to get to heaven and it's going to be great. But what I found is that salvation isn't just about heaven. Right. Salvation is about the here and now. 
God wants us to live in his fullness now. So when you talk about your best year, this isn't some self-help, hey, this is just to get you motivated kind of thing. God saved us and he left us on earth for a reason. And so what we want to say is over these next uh, several weeks, let's learn from God's word from the book of Proverbs. How do you live out what God has called us to do? Or as Jesus prayed on earth, as it is in yeah. heaven. How do we live on earth as God would have us to? And God gives us so many practical things yeah, about so marriage, finances, relationships, yeah. drama. He gives all of that. And so we're going to be looking at Proverbs. Don't you find it interesting that in our society today, many of us uh, give more credibility to a, uh, a self-help speaker or a, a, a personal development coach or like, like a Tony Robbins or whatever. And I, I like Tony Robbins. I'm just saying... Uh, I'm just saying we give more credibility often to, to people yeah. than we do the very word of the God that saves us. Absolutely. And I think Proverbs is one of those things written from a daddy to a son that gives us a picture of a message from God our Father to us, his children. Uh, get us started in that. Well, let's look at Proverbs chapter 2. If you want to follow along in your Bible or an app, we're going to be in chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. But we've got them on the screens as well. But listen to how practical this is. This is... Uh, from the perspective of God the Father speaking to us. It's written by, penned humanly by Solomon, the wisest man that's ever lived. But what you begin to see is how do you live with great faith? How do you live with great power? Here's what he says in Proverbs 2 verse 1. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Mm. So just to hit pause and say, don't just read it over these next 21 days, but just think about it. That's why this uh, booklet is so powerful is it helps us to interact with it. He says to Treasure my commands. Verse 2, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, if we want a great year, one of the greatest things that we could pray for is wisdom. Give me insight, God. Not just information, but insight for it and ask for understanding. Verse 4, search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Verse 5, then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. This is huge. This is, this is a reminder. Hey, those things that you've been bumping up against, those things you've been frustrated with, those relationships, those work things, the, all, all of those things that we stress about, he says, true wisdom comes from God yeah. and God grants it. It's so good. It picks up in verse 7 and Solomon goes on and he says, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Uh, let me just stop and say, if there's ever been a time that America needs common sense, it's now. Uh, when we live in a whacked out world. We do. And Solomon is saying here, this is what, what's available to you common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. And if you're like me, I, I would like to walk out into the world knowing there's a shield that's protecting and guarding me. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. I, I'll take those two for 2020. How about you? A lot of wisdom yep. and a lot of joy. Yep. I'll take it. When you start thinking about this, then where do I go for wisdom? 
And how do I grow my faith? How do I do these things we're talking about? And so we want to give you some practical ways today, but one of those really is to say, I'm going to have intentional, meaningful, purposeful prayer in my day. Mm -hmm. In other words, that it would be a big part of our lives, not an add-on, not a, well, I guess there's nothing left to do, I guess I'll pray, but to start there, to say, I'm going to be the kind of person that prays first. And then a second piece is to say that we are going to seek this closer, more significant relationship with God himself. Mm -hmm. So again, this is not about a checkbox mentality. Hey, I'm just going to check this off. I've done, I've, I've prayed, I'm done, I've read, I've done. The whole point of this relationship is to grow closer to him. Right. It's not duty, it's not a task, yeah. it's at the end of the day, I want to be closer to God yeah. himself. Yeah, and, and we, we realize that uh, in this room, we span this wide gap. You got folks on one end of the spectrum, like you can't wait to put this in your task list because the first thing you put in your task list is to make a task list, you know, so then you can check it. We, we got those, I'm with you on that, by the way. Yeah. And then we got on the other hand, it's like, yeah, man, I pray like all the time, dude. You know, we, we kind of span the gap, but wisdom is mentioned in the Bible, get this, 222 times. 222 times God felt like this was so important that we ought to pour it out. And the bulk of those are found in this book of Proverbs. The, the question is, what is wisdom? I mean, we live in a world today where all known knowledge is doubling every few hours now, not in blocks of time. We are more knowledgeable today than we've ever been yeah. in our life. We have access to more knowledge than we've ever had, but somehow we seem to be a world, with, a world with less and less wisdom. Some are helpful and some miss the point altogether, but one secular definition was this, the quality or state of being wise, knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action, discernment, or insight. Wikipedia says of wisdom, you know, Wikipedia, it's got to be official if it's there, right? A basic philosophical definition of wisdom is to make the best use of knowledge. And it goes on to say that the opposite of wisdom is folly. Psychology offers a, a little different thought, that a wise person has self-knowledge, a wise person seems sincere and direct with others, Others ask wise people for advice. A wise person's actions, this is the one that grabbed me, Bobby, was I, I thought this was really interesting, that a wise person's actions are consistent with their ethical belief. Hmm. There's alignment in their yeah, life. Yeah, there's an alignment that what I believe vertically about God, the rest of my life comes into alignment with that. Probably the best definition, though, uh, we've already read in Proverbs chapter, uh, or earlier Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Job 28, 28 says it this way, and this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Wow. I think that's huge. The New Testament talks about it a lot. Proverbs talks about it a lot. The whole scriptures talk about it a lot. But it's this reminder when he says the fear of the Lord. Now, sometimes when you hear that phrase, you're like, what does that even mean? Is it I'm scared of him? Am I running away? Is it some crazy picture? But really that the imagery there is to, to have reverence for him. Yeah. To have respect for him. It's almost a way of saying, I realize that I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out. There is a God that created me. He created me on purpose and he created me for a purpose. And so if he's the one that created me, if he's the one that created this world and he's the one that's in charge, then shouldn't I stop and ask the question, how does God want me to live? Yeah. 
Yeah. How do I, in some ways, how, how, do, how do I live in alignment with God's creation? Because when we don't, there's this friction. Mm-hmm. When we don't, there's unnecessary drama. When we don't, there's a lot of heartache and pain and relational baggage out there. And so when we start asking this question of what is wisdom? How do I get to know wisdom? What does that have to do with knowing my creator? It's this question to say, part of wisdom is to say, I wanna move close enough to God that I know his thoughts, Mm -hmm. that I know his desires, that I have true understanding. It's this idea Mm -hmm. that when I get close enough to God, I can see as God sees so that I can begin to do what God wants me to do. That's good. It's not a destination. It's not a one-time, hey, I'm just going to do it for 21 days and then I'm done. It's a relationship. It's a process. It's a journey. It's an attitude. And so there's going to be a lot of benefits that we talk about over the 21 days, mm-hmm. things that happen when you seek wisdom, where, where relationships get restored and you start making better financial decisions and you start beginning to live out a life of grace. There's a lot of nice byproducts. But the greatest thing that I think is going to happen over 21 days is we're going to be closer to God himself. And we're going to be able to walk in peace. And we're going to be able to to have the spiritual awareness of what God is doing. And Mm -hmm. so I want to invite you, invite you, invite you to be part of this, to jump into it. Yeah, one of the things you say on the, the weekday meditation is that the reason that we pray and focus that time, not just to speak to the Lord, but to receive his word, is that all of us need three things every day in our life. I believe hope is founded in this. I, yep. I believe wisdom is founded in this. Even in the year 2020, of all things, we want clarity, right? Yep. I believe clarity is founded in this. When we stop to intentionally get prayer into our life in a two-way conversation, we get peace, as Bobby mentioned, we get power, and as we've already discussed, we get direction. So if, if we want to find peace in our life greater and greater in 2020, this is where we start. If we want power in 2020, this is where we start. If we need clarity of direction, this is where we start. To have clarity in this life, we have to grow our faith in prayer. I mean, this is what it looks like. I mean, one of the things we learned from Bobby's teaching last week, again, is that the reason why many of us can't do these things that the Lord wants to do in our life is that we don't trust him enough just in the size of a mustard seed to watch him use us, do great things or do great things through us. And when I look at that, I think to myself, we must set aside the things of this world, not only for prayer, but also in the spirit of fasting. Now, a lot of people don't know about this whole concept of fasting. Here's the, here's the shortest definition I can give you. If there's anything in your life that you, you can't do without, I mean, we've, we've got, you can't do without a Diet Coke. You, you can't do without a sleeping pill. You can't do without caffeine. You, you can't do without a double cheeseburger. I mean, whatever it is. Fasting is to set that aside for a period of time so that you could replace it with a greater focus on the Lord Jesus. That's the most simplistic thing. I, I've heard other preachers say, this is the key to God's heart. Come on, listen. Fasting is not a way to bribe God. God is not bribable. Right? Fasting is not the sure way to get your promotion. Fasting, as Bobby mentioned a minute ago, is completely and totally about trying to move closer in our relationship and understanding of God, our Father and Creator. The most important search in this time, regardless of what you may find on the bookstore shelves, listen, the greatest search is not for life's meaning. The greatest search is for God's wisdom. 
If you really want to find out, this is why I'm here, we start with seeking God's wisdom. And the fastest way to do that is fast, to pray and to fast. So uh, we, there are a lot of ways you can fast, right? I mean, yep. you could fast for 21 days and say, I'm doing nothing but water. Yep. But now if you do that and you're a diabetic, okay, don't be weird, okay? Just know that you don't have to do that, all right? You might be somebody say, I'm going to fast lunch every day. That's awesome. You might somebody say, you know, I'm going to put social media aside, which, by the way, may not be a bad thing. Uh, it could be I'm, I'm going to fast from eating fast food. It could be that I'm going to fast from technology. But whatever that thing is that's kind of got a tug on you, yep. this, is, this is how you know this is what I should fast from. Yep. Okay, now, I, Bobby, I have to say this before you, you get us going in the details, all right? Y'all, as humans, and more, more specifically as Americans, we turn everything we do into a competition. Jesus is clear, all right? This is not a competition. If Bobby says, Chuck, I'm going to go 21 straight days and all I'm going to do is drink water, and every time I have a pang of hunger, I'm going to speak to the Lord because that's a reminder, I would say, bless your heart, I'm not. But, but what I fast from doesn't have to equal what he's supposed to. The only thing we're supposed to do is hear from the Lord and answer that. And by the way, don't go post it on social media. The, the, you're you're going to miss the whole point, right? Yep. Yeah, so, okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Well, we've got, if you go back and look at uh, last week's slides from the messages, which you can grab through the app or through the website, it, it lists different types of fast, and our booklet also has it as well. There's a lot of different ways to approach it, but sometimes people ask, well, what's the biggest challenge in this? I mean, what's going to be the biggest hurdle? Is it going to be uh, influence from people around you when you go to work? Is it going to be, uh, what, what's the greatest challenge? And honestly, when it comes to seasons like this, the greatest challenge is ourselves. Yeah. The hardest people we lead is, we lead is to lead ourselves. It's easy for us to point at everybody else and say, man, they need to get it together. They need to do this or that. But honestly, the hardest heart to change is our own. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm reminded of what Paul says in Romans 7, verse 15. He says, what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate is what I do. And so I just want to start this sort of emphasis of 21 days to say the only way that we can do this is to ask for God's help to do it. Yeah. To say, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't handle this on my own. In fact, whenever I try to do without something, I immediately want that thing. That's right. right. And so it's to say, God, I want to depend on you. God, I want to seek you. God, if you know Christ personally, God, I believe you've placed your Holy Spirit inside of me to empower me to live this out. So really a big part of these 21 days is that healthy awareness that we're dependent on him, yeah. that we're relying yeah. on him. That, Absolutely. In fact, when we're singing the Highlands song, the songs of ascent, the, there's so many lines in there that I just sat and just thought about phrase by phrase by phrase. It's this reliance, whether I'm on the mountaintop or whether mm. I'm in the valley, whether things are going well, whether things are not, God, I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent yeah. on you. And so here's part of this is to ask God, God, would you help me? Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that Pastor Chuck talks about a lot is when you ask God, stop and actually listen. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody guilty of just rushing ahead? Anybody guilty of, 
uh, of not really listening to the conversation around you. Most of the time we, we talk to be heard, not to understand what other people are saying. Sometimes we do that when it comes to prayer. We pray and then yeah. we just move on. So we start by asking God and then we listen to what he has to say and then we respond to whatever it is he's told us. Yeah. So God, would you speak to me today? Every 21 days, start each day or end each day, whenever that time is for you. God, would you help me to hear from you today to, to listen to him through his word and then to respond to whatever he has checked out. It's like, Chuck, that is not for me. You know, this whole fasting thing is not for me. Well, there is a fast for every person. There is a way that every single person can benefit from this time of prayer and fasting. The only thing that you have to do is ask the Lord what to do. That's all you've got to do. Ask the Lord what to do. Listen to what he directs you. And if you're not used to hearing the Lord give you direction, typically it's through a nudge or a prod or a feeling. You know, oftentimes in my life, I feel like the Lord is saying, Chuck, you know, this way. And I would, I would say to you, just listen to the Lord and then do whatever that is. So let's, let's find a little bit more from the Bible about the truth of what prayer and fasting consists of. Bobby, take us to Luke chapter 5. In Luke 5, verse 33, it says this. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast, and they pray regularly, and said to the disciples of the Pharisees, why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Like my kind of guys. So they, uh, they, they're cornering Jesus. What's the deal? I mean, John the Baptist, he's the baptizer. His disciples fast and pray. And the Pharisees, the, the hall monitors of the day, they fast <laughs> and pray. Why don't your guys do it? And here's what Jesus responds. He says, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? My paraphrase of that is, do normal people fast when the family's in town for the holidays and there's salted caramel dessert sitting there? No. <laughs> not in my case, at least. Uh, he says, of course not, verse 35, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. This is an illustration of Jesus. Jesus is saying the reason why my disciples don't fast right now is because I'm with them physically. Mm. But one day I'm not to heaven. So this is the season we're living in. And so during that season, then they will fast. So mm. Jesus is not saying don't fast. He's saying too fast. And this is the season for us to do it. This is the season for us to live that. So we're in that time. We're in that mm -hmm. day and age where Jesus is on this earth physically. And so while we've got time, while there's still margin, while we're supposed to grow like him, this is the point yeah. that we're to spend time fasting and to spend time praying that yeah. we would ask God, God, would you show yourself to me? God, would you help me to see you? God, would you help me to recognize you? So fasting, it disconnects us from the world and prayer helps us connect to God. Fasting helps us to step away from the thing that we ought to be controlling, but instead it's controlling us. Yeah. And that time of prayer builds that relationship. Yeah, I, one of the that. things I've discovered in seasons of prayer and fasting, I believe you will too, is you will experience God in a uniquely different way. And you'll find him in uniquely different places. I mean, when I look back at the scriptures, Elijah uh, experienced God in a gentle whisper. The shepherds of the Magi experienced a gentle baby, and the disciples experienced a friend and a teacher. More often than not, what I discover God to be in my life is a rescuer, hmm. where he's kind of pulling me out of a mess and saying, I'm going to walk you through it, and I want you to experience me. Our wisdom for the coming year is to keep our eyes 
on the Lord, expecting to see him in unexpected places and to listen and respond to his voice, to open ourselves up to his wisdom and to whatever he directs us to do. So I want to remind you again that last week, Pastor Bobby talked about faith the size of a mustard seed. And the way the scriptures tell us to have that degree of faith is to pray and to fast. That's 21 days. But we're doing that because when we find wisdom in prayer and we find it through fasting, then we can know we set ourselves up for our best year. If you truly want your best year in 2020, you have to, must to, make sure that you intentionally insert God into your life. That's why we know you can experience your best year. Because greater faith is not a mythical goal that cannot be attained. Greater faith is fostered in greater wisdom. Greater wisdom will produce greater decisions, and greater decisions will create greater peace, power, and direction in your life. And you say, man, if I could have that, I'd be set up. Well, you can. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Who doesn't want peace? Who doesn't want direction and power? Yeah. Who doesn't want those things in their life? And so the question is, well, how do you do it? So if, you've, if you're a note taker, let's give you some takeaways for today or some next steps to think about as we dive into this. And the first one is you start thinking about having a greater prayer life really is to memorialize it. Yeah. In other words, treat it with I don't know if respect's the right word or with emphasis, a priority. It changed my life when I started writing down what I was praying for. It radically changed my prayer life. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's because my brain is all teased up, but I just know that when I intentionally pray for that, I return to that the next day looking for what the answer is. Yep. And so to say memorialize it is to capture that somewhere. Yeah. What am I praying for? Who am I praying for? Uh, what is the thing that I'm asking God to do? So that's number one, memorialize it. And so there's different ways to do it. Uh, a lot of people have been using power routines this last year. Mm -hmm. So if you're a power routines user, this is already built in, baked into it. Or if you grab By the way, 20... Julie doesn't know it yet, but since we may run out of these 21 days of power, it, we'll let you do the power routines for the same cost for 30 days if you want to. Just, just do whatever. If you don't have money, don't worry, grab one. Yep. But we, we know the power of getting this into your life. Absolutely. So you can use a power routine. You can use the 21 days handout. You can use a Word doc on your computer. Yep. You can use an old-fashioned notebook. However you want to do it, uh, just write down, who am I praying for? What am I praying for? What am I asking God to do to, to write it down? That's, that's sort of takeaway number one is to intentionally do that. Number two is to prioritize it, yeah. which means to carve out four to ten minutes a day to do that. Yeah. If you're already doing four to 10 minutes, maybe you want to do longer than that. But our goal is to say most people struggle with prayer, so start somewhere. Yeah. Start somewhere. And so carve out those four to 10 minutes to say this is going to be a priority. For me, it's first thing in the morning. What I found is that if I wait till later in the day, all this, the stuff of the day uh, distracts me. So the best time for me is just to get up and while yeah. the house is just quiet and the earth is still and, you know, it's just cool down. You know, that's my time. But for other people, yeah. it's the car ride. For some yeah. people, it's when they're going to bed. But here's what I would say to you uh, when it comes to priority is designate a time, pray for something specifically, and pray big. Yeah. Designate a time. When is that time for you? When is that time? Is it the car ride? Is it, I'm going to get up 15 minutes early? What is that going to be? Pick the time. Pray specifically. Prayers with specific results. So don't just, don't just blanket it. God bless it. Pray for something specific. And then pray big. Yeah. You're praying yeah. to, the, to our Heavenly Father that created everything. And so pray for something that only he can do. 
Yeah, and then finally, number three, energize your prayers. When we pray, we are to have a deep and personal reverence, but that's the fear of God, the awe that Bobby talked about. Our prayers are to be energized when we open up our heart, open up our head, open up our ears to respond to listening to him. Now, I think most people totally freak out with this process, but I find that folks who jump on board a weekday, weekday meditation find that being guided in that helps greatly. And it really, all a weekday meditation is, is about four or five minutes where a piece of scripture, guided prayer, time just stop and be clear. We time it out with music and you're able to stop and finish and know this is what it's about. To energize is to activate and to activate is to put your newly acquired faith and wisdom into practice. It sounds kind of like this. Pray, hush, listen, be still, know that he is God, the goal of all creation. It's, it's, it's really not more difficult than that. Let me say it again. Pray, hush, listen, be still, and know that he is God, the God of all creation. As you start thinking about putting these things together to say, all right, praying, and the second piece of fasting, when you put those two together, is super powerful. Fasting, as we already said, isn't about punishment, Fasting isn't about losing weight. Fasting isn't, hey, I'm going to earn my way into God's presence. Fasting and prayer together become this posture of saying, God, I'm desperate for you. God, I want to hear from you. God, I'm willing to set aside some of my earthly things so that I hear from you. God, if my mind goes astray, God, I want to fast from that thing that's causing my mind to go astray. God, if my physical life is out of control, God, I want to fast from that thing that's causing my physical life to go out of control. God, if I'm not emotionally, relationally connecting well to the people around me, God, I want to fast from those things that are getting in the way. God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to gain your wisdom. God, I want to grow closer to you. So God, I'm posturing myself through fasting and prayer. Yeah, so again, we all have something like that. Uh, if you're, here's kind of a rule of thumb. If you're posting more than three times a day on a social media, you might want to take a break. Like if you're saying, well, Chuck, how about you? Yep, you won't see or hear me on that over the next 20 days. As, well, I'm, I'm kind of done with that. And so I'm inviting you, whatever owns you, like Bobby said, whatever pulls on you more than Christ does, that is the indicator of what we're to fast from. Matthew in chapter six, Jesus said, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. It's like if you're going, if you're going to fast from lunch and you're pulling through the Wendy's drive through and you say, you know, I just want to have a Sprite. And they said, well, don't you want anything to eat? He said, no, I'm fasting. Not only am I fasting, I am fasting more than you are. Jesus is saying the only reward you're going to get is that person on the other end of the microphone saying goofball, right? I mean, this isn't what it looks like. Like everything that matters to God, fasting is a matter of the heart. Hmm. Always is. This isn't a competition to be as godly as somebody else because the fact is, So, uh, how do you, what are, give, me, give me an idea of like the key to being able to fast and, and have some consistency over 21 days. Yeah. I think one of them is to determine what the fast is. That seems yeah. basic, but at least spend some time. Hey, what is that thing? Mm-hmm. Two, to remind yourself daily of why you're fasting from that thing. 
Because when you disconnect from the why behind it, then you typically give up. But if when you're tempted four days in, five days in, six days in, but you remind yourself, here's why I'm doing it, that's yeah. why it's a big yeah. deal. And then three is to connect it with the community. I mean, that's why we're inviting the whole church to do this together yeah. is, man, can you imagine what happens if an entire family of faith says, man, I want to lean into this. I want to be part of this. And part of the way that we're going to help with that is on Wednesday mornings. Yeah. We're going to have a prayer time for the three Wednesdays that are part of this 21 days at 6 a.m. next door in our chapel. And it's an opportunity for a half hour to come together for everybody that's able to physically be here on campus Wednesday mornings at six. Kind of like max 30 minutes or so and just gather to pray. That's right. For this guided time of prayer. And so, man, determine what it is. Remember the why every single day and join with other people around you in doing this together. Bobby and I join all the pastors on our staff in calling our congregation to fast and pray over the 21 days, asking to, for you to seek God about how to fast, when to fast, what to fast, and do that because you're starting this conversation with the Lord. And that's one of the first questions. Give me wisdom, Lord, to know what to fast in my life. And the thing that he's calling you to is the only thing that matters. So as we come together in this congregational fast, it is, yes, individual, but it is corporate on behalf of his church as well. Because the more we as individuals grow closer to the Lord, the more our church grows closer to the Lord, and the more the Lord grows through the work through us in our community. Listen to me. If God reveals areas in your life that need to be cleaned up or sins that need to be repented for, then this is a great time for you to surrender that and lay them at the feet of Christ. If you have some particular direction that the Lord is speaking into your life, act on it. Don't spend an ounce of time. Don't even spend a nanosecond thinking about, am I sure that's the Lord? Trust him to speak into your life and then act on it. And if, by the way, if if you have some direction that you want to share with us, and this is what the Lord was telling me about my church, please tell us. Because it's very, I mean, we believe so much that you as believers, you are a part of helping shepherd one another as we do. You you are called to be a priest as we are, as believers. And I invite you to hear from the Lord, not just about you, your life, your family, your business, your work, your kids, but your church. Uh, The Lord will want to speak through you to the church. And I invite you to do that. I, I really think, um, well, just kind of look at the memorialized prioritization. Just blew through that one more time to make sure we're good. Yeah, so what are we doing? Next steps, memorialize. Pick something to record this in, whether it's on your computer, whether in 21 days booklet, whether it's in uh, power routines. Find some way to track, what, write down what you're praying for, who you're praying for, what you're praying for. Prioritize your prayers. Yeah. Carve out, go ahead and determine, here's when I'm going to do it. Block it on your calendar. Make it a priority every single day. Energize your prayer by doing what God tells you to do, that when you hear him speak, do whatever that is that he's asked you to do. And the next steps, what kind of fast are you going to do over 21 days? What is it? Is it going to be a complete fast? Is it going to be a partial fast? Is it going to be some other version of a fast? And then find some ways to support it. Maybe it's through your small group, Maybe it's through some neighbors. Maybe it's through a friend. Maybe it's to say, hey, I'm going to be part of the weekday podcast. I'm going to be part of the weekday meditation. Or maybe it's, hey, I'm going to commit to be here on the three Wednesdays this month to be part of it. But go ahead and find some ways to fuel it to help stay focused and to say, this is how I'm going to hear from God this month. Yeah. 
That's a whole lot of information we've unpacked, and we know that. But as we close today, let me, let me remind you of where we started. Where we started is we need greater faith, yeah. and we know how the Lord asks us and to the degree he needs our faith. And we know the scriptures are clear. If you want to have that kind of faith in 2020, pray and fast. And so we need greater wisdom, and that's where this faith is generated out of. So let me go back to our text out of, Pro- out of Proverbs just one last time to wrap up. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. That is not just a letter from a dad to a son that is a promise from God our creator to you. And you... When you choose I'm going to step away from those things that control me and step into the God that I want to control me. And when we do, I'll promise you, God will do enormously more than you could ever imagine in your life and your walk. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful that today we can trust you that we can come to you and we can come in reverence and in all, and we can stop and we can hear from you. So Lord, right now, I wanna stop talking and let the friends that are watching online and the folks in this room have a moment where they could just stop and in quietude and solitude, just hear from the Lord as to what kind of fast that they're to start, what it is they're specifically to pray about, and how you want to draw them into your relationship with them so much closer. So Lord, as we take a moment of quietude, would you speak into each of our lives and would you give us direction on what to fast from over the next 21 days? Would you, would you speak into our lives and with fresh oil that anoints us, would you, would you give us wisdom about how we're to pray, when we're to pray, what we're to pray about? And God, for folks in this room that would say, Chuck, man, I have never done this. God, would you speak into their life and give them the the life-giving option to say, Jesus, I'm calling on your name and I need you as my Savior and my Lord right now. And then would you step in their life and answer that prayer? I'll be quiet for just a moment, mind the time, and I'll be back to finish our time of prayer. You just simply seek wisdom and direction, power and peace from the Lord in this time of quietude.
God, I know it was just a moment. But we come individually, we come collectively to say we need you more than ever before. And in this year of clarity in 2020, we ask you that you would prepare the way for our best year ever. And that we would choose to find that best year in you, because of you, through you, and only with you. Give us wisdom from on high. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Zach, I want to call an audible. He has no idea I'm asking him to do this. I just feel like I want you to sit for a minute and I want you to sing just the chorus, this old hymn. Then sings my soul. Come on. My Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Come on, church. Then sings my soul. Come on, church. Come on, lift it up, church. How great thou art. How great thou art. So today, when you leave this place, let the Lord go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Man, it doesn't matter how crooked it was in 2019. It doesn't even matter how crooked it was coming in the building. But let him go before you and make it a straight way. Let him go within you. And in this new year, let, because of his presence in your life, find peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. Because he is always good. And I love this part. You're always loved. And when this life throws at you the mean, nasty part of this world and it's just beating you up, man, hop on his back and wrap your arms around his strong shoulders. And let him carry you, not around the problem, but through the middle of it. Only to set you down victoriously on your two feet. And wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead. And wrap his loving arms around you. So you can hear your Savior say, eyeball to eyeball. My child, say it with me. I love you. God bless you. Go in peace.